0: If all the people who who are interested in being generous and ethical and all of those things and interested in justice just charge lower amounts because they believe that's right, what's going to happen for the people that want to charge more? Welcome to Real You, Real Money. I was going to record what I'm about to say as a reel and I realised I might still manage to pack some of it into a minute, which is honestly the biggest challenge of my life (laughs) most days, but I feel like what I want to talk about here is more than that. It's meatier. It deserves a deeper dive, essentially. So for a long time, in my coaching with people who have been traditionally left out of money making often, and when I use that term, I mean women, and I mean the intersections that come along that with that. But I also mean everybody who identifies with what I'm saying. So for example, a... Upper middle class or upper class white woman might be like, I wasn't left out of money making. I know you knew exactly that I was very much included in that. It was something that I expected for myself. And so, you know, you kind of get to self-identify within that phrase, but certainly a gay man, for example, might feel very much like they do or don't fit into that. So it's 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 a quite a broad term purposefully, which I want to leave up to the listener or viewer to kind of hear and be like, you know what? I was left out of money making, I didn't see those examples, I didn't have that space for myself, I didn't ever think that was something that was for me, you get to decide what that is. So I have these clients come along who fall into some category around that and they're also, as my clients tend to be, really generous, really kind, justice-minded, doesn't mean they're necessarily like off to all the protests and all of that stuff but they're people that Really, give a shit about other humans and the the injustice, the unfairness of what many people face every single day. And those people will come to me and will come up in a coaching session. That what they're doing, it's coaching, and either they are calling themselves a coach and they feel bad about that because there's so many shady coaches around, and it's such a problematic industry in some ways. And they will be worried about what that means by them calling themselves a coach and please carry on listening by the way even if you're not a coach this is not a coach specific episode this is just an example I want to give you and what they say is I'm not going to call myself a coach and often what they come out with is a is a convoluted title that makes sense to them and might even be like genius it might make a lot of sense The problem is no one's Googling for their made-up word that stops them having to call themselves a coach. No one's looking for that. No one really knows what it means. So in their marketing, in their messaging, not only are they going to need to do what we all need to do, which is kind of like talk through our methodology and and explain and kind of give people a sense of what it is to work with us, they're going to have to explain why they're called what they're called. That's That's another sort of hoop they're going to have to go through. And in the meantime, everyone's looking for coaches. Everyone understands what a coach is. Everyone is fully on, you know, maybe not fully on board with it, but, you know, they get it. Now, let's be clear. The term coach has become somewhat muddied. A lot of people who are actually mentors and consultants call themselves coaches. Some of the biggest coaches aren't coaches. A coach is really someone who is asking you questions. Basically, a coach is pulling out of you what is already there. They're not necessarily telling you what to do, what steps to take, all of that stuff. That falls into mentor and consultant. Now, what I will say is a lot of coaches, myself included, straddle lines on that. We're both. And it is a skill, um, often normally a learned skill, to know when to move into coaching and when to move into mentoring mode. Anyway, all the generous, loving, kind, wonderful humans who see that there are problems in the coaching industry, and there are, if they all go, I'm not going to call myself a coach. And yet, everybody knows what a coach is. Everyone's Googling what a coach is. When everyone comes to Google Coach, when everyone comes to hire a coach, when people are looking for somebody, they're not going to find you. And your your version that marks you out, they're not going to find you even with your title that marks you out as different, even, you know, in that space you've created from yourself that separates you from who those other people are, the bad ones. And I would say, like, I'm saying the bad ones. That is very simplistic. I don't think it's that cut and dry at all. So much nuance, so much judgment on our parts as well. That's a whole nother episode. What's going to happen is people will not find you. They will find the problematic ones. Whereas you put yourself in amongst the problematic stuff you put yourself in there, you're A, they're going to find you. And they're going to find you because you're going to stick out in a sea of sludge. You know, if you saw a a, like load of mud in a field and there's a bright flower in the middle of it, what are you going to see? What are you going to focus on? What are you going to notice? Actually being who you are, the real you, who cares, gives a shit, wants to do things differently, shows up in all of your beautiful, complicated, amazing ways, messy ways sometimes. All of that stuff means you stand out. Calling yourself something different puts you in a different field. And then you're just a flower in a, maybe in a field of grass, but you're not really showing up as much. And so what happens is, like I said, everyone goes to, what you're doing is leaving. And I've talked about this in other podcasts you're leaving that industry to other people. Now, here's where I've caught myself doing the very same thing. And this is what I wanted to talk about. So I am a money coach, who also struggles sometimes to charge higher amounts. I'll be honest. Now I do charge one to one with me is a five figure investment. That has been a very sticky thing for me. And I have this realisation, and I'm going to link the podcast episode in the note, which was, it was a Serena Hicks podcast, her podcast, Big Happy Money. She did this awesome episode, which I really encourage you to go and listen to, called The Difference Between Expensive and Expansive Pricing. And I listened, and I was like, ah, shit. (laughs) Because if I also make up stories, that and i want to be clear some of them are not stories but some of them are some of us are judging people for charging higher prices based on nothing but the fact that they are charging higher prices and we are deciding that means things about them that does not serve us that is causing us issues in our businesses and even as a money coach I have spotted myself doing this and I have to be really vigilant and I'll be honest I'm noticing recently how there are areas that I have not been vigilant enough in that I have become complacent it's easy when you talk about money all day every day to forget your own stuff and I've noticed it crop up enormously and so this episode that I really encourage you to listen to made me realize that and I don't think this was something Serena says in the episode maybe she does but I just went oh my god I'm doing what I tell other people not to do with the coaching thing which is if I refuse to step into spaces of expansive pricing what I'm doing is I'm leaving those spaces to people who may or may not be treating people well and so when someone's looking to take a big step in their business when they're looking to really level up their investments and they've got to a certain part in their money making if none of the people around if if basically all the people who think who who are interested in being generous and ethical and all of those things and interested in justice just charge lower amounts because they believe that's right what's going to happen for the people that want to charge more and what, one, what Serena's argument, part of it is, or her suggestion, not suggestion, I don't know what you call it, hypothesis is, and I really loved it, is that what are you saying about your ideal clients? And what is and isn't possible for them if you always keep the pricing low? And actually, I had a conversation with a client recently who works with people in the crafting world. And for those of you, I'm sure lots of you will know this history, but the craft kind of arts of, of crafting so like the more traditionally women's space like anything involving sewing and embroidery and you know all of that sort of stuff that crafting space knitting has been chronically undervalued compared to sculpture or other art forms you know one people see as like pokey and really homely and the other is like oh it's so magnificent and really what's the difference A lot of it is that it is by women and it was home craft stuff, things that happened within the home. Whereas obviously sculpture is not the same, but even the way that ceramics like mugs and plates and all of that stuff is seen so differently to because it's functional, which I I love a bit of functional art. It's seen as different to, again, sculpture, which is like this sort of revered art form. And because of that, and I've worked, I work with artists, makers, as well as coaches, freelancers, all sorts. But I work with a lot of artists and a lot of makers. And I really notice the way that so many makers will come and they'll be like, well, like, let's say they make cushions. I think I always use cushions as, as the example. They make cushions and they look and they're like, well, what's the market price? They do, they're doing their pricing and they look at what is like the general price people are paying. And let's say that on Etsy, on average, people are charging 30 pounds for a cushion. So they go, right, I'll charge 30 pounds. Even though, and before I had kids, I used to do a lot of crochet. I crocheted an enormous king size blanket, which got eaten by moths like about five years ago. Devastating. (laughs) So devastating. But when I crocheted that king size blanket, it took me months and months and months and the wool was not cheap so the investment from my end time and money wise was significant but if I was going to sell that I'd like what can I sell it for because the market price of those things is low because that work is undervalued and then people check the market value and they go huh well it's this much and so but I would argue the market value is wrong the market value is is created on patriarchal misogynistic problematic paradigms and so what happens is that gets perpetuated and women who and anybody who is involved in that area of of making that art form is stuck in a loop of how do I get out of this? How do I get out of this? Now, I would argue in case you're in that world and you're listening, you get out of it by shuffling that cost up or high, like, you know, Grace and Perry charges a heck of a lot for a vase, for example. So there are ways to do it. I know that they are Grace and Perry as well, but I would really say that there are ways for us to, you know, and there are cushions. Absolutely, you can go and pay 150 quid for a cushion the ways that our conditioning plus that market value intersects is is juicy and interesting for me as a coach problematic and difficult for people living and doing the stuff and so yeah what happens in that space is we listen to those things and we end up recreating perpetuating this cycle of undervalue now let's say you're a coach who works with people in the crafting industry I know in many areas, in many industries, in many sort of areas of of what we do, there are specific money stories that crop up. The wellness industry has its own, the birthing world has its own, the craft world, the coaching world has its own. I was thinking of another one that's left my head. Lots of them, charity sector has its own, like there's tons but let's say you're a coach who works with people in the crafting world. What are you saying about what is available to them or what you believe is possible for them in terms of how much money they make? If you always keep the costs super low, that is not me saying everything that person puts out has to be mega expensive. Not at all. But if they're doing something that involves going deep with those people, if it's a really glorious Generous container that they know is going to impact not just the money they make, but that person's whole life. And, you know, as coaches, that's a lot of what we're doing. What are we saying is available to that person? What we believe is available if we always charge lower amounts because that's all we believe they can afford? What am I saying in my work if I do the same? And that's one of the reasons that real you real money is priced it's still super like I know I'm not suggesting when people look at the price some of you'll be like that's a massive investment it is a massive investment but in terms of the coaching world it's really cheap compared to what a lot of people are charging for that and I'm doing my own work within that that's the price that feels good to me I'm walking my own talk that's the price that feels good to me right now Do I expect it to go up significantly over the years? Because I feel like this is the programme. I've been really experimenting for a long time with my group programmes. This feels like the programme that's here to stay. It will have adjustments, I'm sure, but it feels really significant. What I'm actually saying to those people that sign up is, this is what I believe is possible for you. Some of you are already here. Some of you are going to move here during the course. But this is absolutely what I believe is available to you. I believe that you can invest this month much a month or over six months and it feel expansive and exciting because you are the sort of person I want to call into this program and if you're hearing that going oh I'm not making that maybe I'm not the sort of person that's not how we measure it it's like does this program speak to you then you are not if you can or cannot afford it because money is neutral you can make that money a lot of the reason we think, I always say to my clients, like when they're having a, a month where they things feel sticky, I'm like, remember, you. Could, it is possible for you to make your entire month's income on one day, on one afternoon. Last month, I had a 20K month, 19K month, let's be completely transparent. 19K month. I made 14 of that in one day. It is absolutely available to you A lot of the issues around money are are the meanings we put on it. What does expensive mean? What does cheap mean? What is affordable, unaffordable? What what greater, larger meanings are we putting on those things? And are those expansive meanings or are those constricting meanings? Meanings that make us feel smaller and stuck. And for a lot of people listening to this, higher prices do not feel available to you because higher prices feel unkind. They feel exploitative. They feel wrong. And I want you to know the price is just the price. There's no greater meaning on it. It's just what it is. It doesn't make you a better or worse person if you charge more or less. And I think that's really important to say, because I think sometimes online we get the opposite message. We get the message that it makes you a better person if you charge more. And we also get the message that it makes you a worse person. But it actually doesn't make any difference to who you are. You are not better if you charge more, but you're also not better if you charge less. This is about what you and your business need. And it's about what you and your business desire. and It's about what you, what your client needs and desires. What are you opening up as possible for them by charging them that amount or by them seeing you charge that amount? Because increasingly I view all of you listening as my clients, all of you watching, because this will go on YouTube and stuff, as my clients. You might not be my client yet, But if you're watching stuff over and over again, you are getting a lot of that experience. Would we go deeper in work together? Yeah, be more tailored to you. Absolutely. And that it would go much deeper. But I know a number of you are going to go on to work with me. Some of you are going to go on to work with me in this very program in Real You Real Money. And I can't wait. Oh, my God, I cannot wait to have you join me there. Actually makes me a bit teary. If you're watching the video, you might be able to tell. But yeah, so I just wanted to share that learning of my own that I have noticed how I'm keeping myself small in some of my pricing compared to what feels expansive to me. And also the place that I want to call many of you to with me. It doesn't mean I'm not going to have other products that are much less. Absolutely. Of course because there's a different journey point for lots of different people. But for real you, real money, this is where I'm like, you know what? You're ready. You are ready to step into this. And I believe in you, that you can make this money. In fact, this is just the very beginning of what you can make. The very beginning. Even, I'm gonna be talking about this more in the podcast soon, even in the in the wake of, a potential recession, cost of living crisis. And maybe my next episode, because I've got to record an episode straight after this, I might be talking about that actually, because I've got a theory. But thank you for listening. Please do slide into my DMs and let me know how you found the episode. Any thoughts you've got, any questions? I love chatting to you all there. If you're interested in Real You, Real Money, also hit me up in my DMs. Let's talk about it. Or, you know, feel empowered just to go and buy it. That's absolutely fine too. If you do want to chat about it, I'm here and I really hope that you find in yourself after listening to this episode to to own your prices in a new and more dynamic way all right thanks for listening